Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 182. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is B.T. Calloway. No, hi, hi. And returning guest, he is the amazing, incredible star of Pulp Fury Radio, Tom Burt. Hello, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you want to hear more of those uh, delicious vocal tones, please mm. listen to Pulp Fury Radio. But no, this is The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode comes from a different decade. Now, Tom, yeah, we've just started releasing Pulp Fury Radio, and how's the uh, life of fame now, you know? Oh, honestly, uh, it's just, I have just rabid podcast listeners just <laughs> throwing throwing earphones at me to sign and just generally autograph. They honestly just beg to be touched most of the time, which is <laughs> yeah. not not Hard a good cool, thing to yeah. do right now. No, Beatlemania in the time of COVID is... Uh, yeah, COVID mm. zombie apocalypse is really weird. All the zombies are just like six feet, <laughs> 1.5 meters, hug me. <laughs> One shopping cart. Imagine if The Walking Dead incorporated COVID into a season. Oh, now we've got to deal with this too. <laughs> God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, aside from all that, yeah, it's been an absolutely wonderful first season and... Yeah, as one of the starring roles of Working Class Wizards, we were talking before the pod that, you know, this is probably, Working Class Wizards will probably be the series that will try and spin off into its own show. Mm -hmm. You've already kind of written some sort of arc, haven't you? Yep. Not to give too much away. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, you've drawn out plans for the arc. Arch. (laughs) Is it a season arch or is it a season arc? I would have said arc, but I'm not here to correct you. <laughs> Season age. <laughs> Put it in each. Like in play school, do they go through the arch or the arc window? I can't remember. Well, that's arch window. But right. an arch is different to an arc, which is also different to an arc. So oh. Noah's arc was quite the story arc. <laughs> wow, Ooh. Noah's arc is an arch. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and we just watched an episode from the 30s. And because last year, Tom, we brought you in to do the season 31 premiere, we thought, uh, why not do this all again now that The Simpsons are in season 32, goddamn. So we just watched season 32, episode 1, Undercover Burns. First released in September of 2020. It was directed by Bob Anderson, written by David Cryan, and please remind me of that because that's an interesting story. In this episode, Mr. Burns gets like a robot suit and goes undercover and uh, infiltrates the employees, but ends up having a really good time making some good friendships until ending guys what'd you think yeah yeah i think you said it right it was i was actually having a pretty good time and i was genuinely stunned and i was like how are they gonna end this oh Mm. Mm. yeah i was honestly i've got written down here like i'm enjoying this more than i have any right to (laughs) what is going on like all the opening gags were super super tight the, the first act of this was amazing yeah this was genuinely surprising for me because even as we're walking into the lounge, it was like, now no, watch another bad new episode. And you guys were like, no, no, come on. And I should have. You, you can't go in with confirmation bias, man. Mm. You know, you have to try as much as you can to give this as much as you can. And I mean, that said, the core concept, just cutting ahead to wackiness, is inherently very wacky. Mm. But in order to tell this story, they kind of have to do it. They have to give him a ridiculous robot suit that makes him completely different because Mr. Burns is so identifiable, you couldn't give him, you know, a makeover. Yeah. It wouldn't Mm. work. So Yeah, and it makes sense for his slender body to fit so easily into big robot human suit. Into one leg of the big robot human suit. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, one one Burns could very easily fit into one David Harbour, who was uh, playing... (laughs) 
Fred Cranapool. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I did the same thing if I know that voice. Mm. So, yeah, for those unfamiliar, David Harbour, I think his most prominent role would have been in the new Hellboy movie. No, in, uh, he was the cop in Stranger Things. Uh, everyone forgot that happened. <laughs> I only just remembered it. I was genuinely about to say Stranger Things yeah, too. Yeah. Like, oh, that happened. Now I was listening to One Good Thing and they were talking about, oh, you know, we've done Hellboy. And I'm like, why is Hellboy on One Good Thing? That's a pretty good movie. Oh, you mean the new one, <laughs> right? That one that happened that no one remembered. I think I rented that and then just <laughs> never watched it. Yeah. My 48 hours were over and it just yeah. flew off into the ether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, these days video online video stores can actually take their rentals back, not Bastards. just sit in my mum's basement for fucking weeks. <laughs> to be entirely fair, it's probably better they do that than you have to click to return and then you get late fees. Oh, imagine that. Oh. I wouldn't put it past Apple. <laughs> yeah, I, oh shit, delete. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them ideas. They've already heard it. Fuck. There's too many Apple products in this room. <laughs> Recording idea. Sending to Apple. Exploiting. Exploiting. That's why we have to keep your laptop confined within your room, yeah. like because if the Apple products find out, they will destroy it. <laughs> yeah, you see this unclean, unclean, non-Apple detected. Purge the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hook into this episode. Tom, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what stands out? What's a moment that you liked or didn't like or whatever? Oh, man, I actually really enjoyed the little graffiti sequence in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of that burns reading out the different bits of graffiti, like the... Uh, the employee cave paintings. Someone <laughs> drew a crying cucumber. That's nice. <laughs> Effigies can be burned. Like, yeah. all, all of those little one-liners were really, really tight. And it's it's like they got whoever does the sign gags to just write that whole segment. Because mm. they're all tight. No, mm. absolutely. And even though it was kind of a bit of a clunky way to get away from the hiring kids or forcing kids yeah, into yeah. labor thing, I really did like also Lisa's reaction to a men's bathroom because totally valid. And... Mm. You know, if a tuna sandwich on the sink is the worst thing you find in a men's bathroom, well, you've had a fine experience. Yeah. It's confusing, but it's not horrifying. Yeah. Mm. Any pub or club, the men's bathroom is just a fucking horror show. Like, one time. one time in the bathroom of the Vic on the Vic on the Park, is it? Mm-hmm. In Newtown. One time in the stall in there, I found a Woolworths bag, like the plastic ones, mm-hmm. filled with DVDs. Mm. <laughs> and, like, I didn't want to touch it, so I sort of kicked it a little to try and get it. And there was, like... It was Mash and Brum and Bob the Builder, like, and a couple of war documents. Like, it was just this really weird mix of, yeah. I can tell old- you what happened there. Someone was trying to take them to St. Vincent de Paul, but they were closed or they wouldn't take DVDs. So they were walking them home and they had to pee, and there's like, this is as good a place as any. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of just kicking it, and the entire Criterion collection just spills out. <laughs> like, hmm. Slides over into the next one, and someone's like, hey. Ooh. Rocky too. Yeah. <laughs> and also just like all the music in this episode was pretty fab, all yeah. things considered. Yeah, there was a bit where they would go to karaoke and Mr. Burns goes to sing some old-timey song we've never heard of and it is still in my head. Yeah. Yeah. It all slaps. <laughs> <laughs> the Spaniard who brained my wife also slept. Wait, wasn't brain? What did no. he do? What the blighted Spani- my life. Uh, blighted. Wasn't it wife? No, he blighted his life by marrying his wife. Ah. I'm just looking up if this is a real song. I have to assume so. Yep. Uh, oh, it's an Al Jolson song, of course. Yucky. Um, <laughs> well, it reminded me because, and I think this was an episode we did with you, Tom, where Homer was hosting a party and then Burns got up on the karaoke and was singing a song about an airship. Up she goes, yeah, up she yeah. goes. And yeah, I was ready to get my eyes rolling. My eyes were prepared, but no, I liked this bit. I agree. Yeah, surprising. I think she's actually committed to the actual full music of it and everyone's singing along and yeah, I'm, I was surprised too. 
Yeah. How about you, BT? What stands out to you for better or worse? Trying to figure if I want to go positive or negative on this one. I feel like we're going to dwell in the negatives for quite a while. So I'll throw to a you know couple of good chuckles I had. I do like when he's in, he finds out all the employees secretly hate him. Well, not secretly. But, uh, and he's yeah. in his <laughs> office with Smithers and he's all like, well, you know, sir, you have been kind of harsh. There's been the beatings, alleged beatings, and the poisonings, alleged poisonings. Yeah. And then just has this, ah, oh, we've had some alleged good times. <laughs> Got a good chuckle out of that. I think my hardest laugh of the entire thing, though, was when they've got the whole, you know, bring your kids to work day. They switch it to make your kids work day. And then there's like the pony ride just descends into a yes. uranium mine. Was, that got me. That got me very well. Oh, the swings feeding into the core reactor or whatever that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this kind of silliness that I feel like we'd normally roll our eyes at. But the jokes were really solid. Like, mm-hmm. and the visuals were funny. Like, it's going to be a hard distinction, like trying to figure out why it works when it does. But yeah. Yeah. I think part of it is just not pointing at it so hard. Like, I feel like sometimes they do that joke and go, yes, down to the uranium mines. We had that installed. It's like, yeah, I know from the context of what I'm seeing, but to just let it play out gets to be surprising. Yeah. It was, yeah, all show and uh, no tell. There were a few actually tell and then show jokes in this uh, episode, yeah. though. It's just like, Mr. Burns has a way of getting us to leave lunch release the hounds mm-hmm. or hey homer that cat walks buckling then it buckles yeah, but then for no point yeah anyway i just while i thought of it as well um luann van houten is once again a bitch <laughs> i love her i love <laughs> her so much you monster because <laughs> yeah millhouse calls her and it cuts to uh kirk and luann somewhere tropical and sunbathing and she sees the phone and just kicks it in the pool Mm. yeah they're having a good time together that so rarely happens it's worth a phone you have an interesting take on child abuse well uh, millhouse is safe is he though Mm. (laughs) well anyway i was gonna say about that and this is usually millhouse abuse jokes that i hate and roll my eyes but i like this one (laughs) as a joker was fine i was just like God, Luann sucks. She does. (laughs) (laughs) And what stands out to me, look, I'm just going to sort of make a general point uh, as a bit of a cop out here. But yeah, I thought the writing, at least in the first two acts, was really solid. Mm. And maybe that has something to do with the writer of this episode. Ah, The story you alluded to earlier. Yes. Continue. So I'm just going to be reading direct from the Wikipedia because this has sort of summed it up better than I could. Brought to you by Wikipedia. (laughs) Donate now, please. They're a very important institution. This episode was written by David Cryan, who reached out to showrunner Al Jean on Twitter, asking Jean to read some scripts he had written. Cryan was hoping to be given the opportunity to submit a script for The Simpsons, but Jean was impressed enough by Cryan's scripts that he invited Cryan to join the show's writing staff. However, Mm -hmm. Cryan was unable to accept the offer because Cryan, who lives in Canada, had his United States visa application denied. Mm-hmm. So Gene instead offered him a freelance opportunity to write an episode. Crian chose to write an episode surrounding his favourite character of Mr. Burns. It is Crian's first television episode. Whoa! I'm surprised when we reach out on Twitter to people and we get podcast guests, you know. This guy got a fucking writing job on The Simpsons. Mm. And, like, I gotta say, kind of felt like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, seem to just get it in yeah. a way a lot of the ones don't, you know. Um, struggle with the ending, we'll get to that. But just to cut ahead again, because I'm doing that apparently, Integrity was pretty solid on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I'd say yes. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like definitely a later era Simpsons, but not in a bad way. Because mm. I was really worried there's a bit where uh, Mr. Burns, you know, is exposed as being a robot and he runs out and then the robot suit is kind of talking to him back and forth. And for a second I'm like... 
uh, is this really happening or is he meant to be imagining it because they're having this whole fight sequence and then it cuts to Homer's perspective and Mr. Burns just lying on the ground the robot on top of him and he's like, fighting you, I'll beat you. It's like, okay, mm. it was all imaginary, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish they sold that a bit harder. Yeah. And then it just doesn't make sense when Mr. Burns is able to throw the robot above his head. But I mean, it was that moment of, oh, don't do that. Oh, you didn't. Oh, thank God. He's got really, really, really weak abs, but incredibly strong shoulders. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Swimmer's shoulders, but yeah, absolutely no core. Mm. (laughs) And I guess we can't talk about integrity without talking about a certain recasting that happened in this episode. So yeah, Mm. Hank Azaria was replaced for playing Carl and he was replaced with Alex Dessert. Does this uh, name ring a bell for his name last name was dessert there's a little accent on one of the e's so i'm not sure if it's like desert or yeah desert so i'm just saying dessert is a great last name Mm. (laughs) so many flirting opportunities there (laughs) 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 we've had dinner would you now like something sweet (laughs) yeah i was gonna say that'd be awesome for tinder but then that's not your last name so yeah Mm. (laughs) well no alex dessert probably most famously known for playing the blind guy in becca oh that dude Yeah. yeah okay that rings no bells with me. <laughs> oh, Becca was a shitty Ted Danson vehicle in the early 2000s. Yeah, that seems about right. It's very, it was on, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it also starred Shawnee Smith, who would later go on to the Saw movies. Yeah, oh, good for her. And then become Jigsaw. And then Jigsaw would be like, oh, wow, you're too much for even me. Stop spoiling Saw 3. <laughs> <laughs> but then how will I be able to spoil Saw's 4 through Jigsaw? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the that name, was the Yeah, last no, one. you're right. The naming conventions of the Saw franchise are just... Any horror movie franchise. Yeah, after long enough, it just gets ridiculous. When are we going to see Saw in space? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to happen. Like, the thing is always, yeah, the final point of any horror franchise is in space. I mean, they're actually sending Tom Cruise to space, hopefully next year, so... Really? Yeah. He's finally going home? Yeah. <laughs> well, good for him. Lord Zeno will be very happy. Why are they sending Tom Cruise to space? He, other than to get away from him for a bit? <laughs> he and Musk, in a, a phone call, during a Zoom call, yeah. pitched the idea, and he's most likely going to be shooting an actual movie, actual feature-length movie, oh, actually in zero-G. I mean, good luck with that, Top Cruise. Yeah, good luck with that camera And he won't team. be able to run anywhere. Running is his thing. <laughs> he loves running in movies. You just launch off and then pedal wildly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be so weird. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, of course that's what Tom Cruise... Like, he's does his own stunts and held onto mm-hmm. the sides of planes as yep. they were taking off. Fuck it. Send the cunt into space. Why yeah, not? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, let him and Musk do their stupid billionaire shit. <laughs> we'll watch the results. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm that... intrigued. I'll give him that. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about the wackiness of this episode. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Like I said earlier, core concept for sure. I do love the tiny message rocket that shoots out of Miss Burns' head yeah. for some reason. It doesn't make any sense, but it's kind of not supposed to. And it just flies through the holes of the nuclear power plant, punches in a code, goes in and just p- clonks Smithers in the head. It's very like the letters they throw in Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> very, very similar, similar, similar vibe. And it, it does work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a good escalation with it as well, how it's like just able to dodge a few things as it's maintaining its forward trajectory, you know, dodging workers, going through mm-hmm. the donut, yep. and then, yeah, breaks physics by entering in the keypad. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's a really good joke escalation for it just to, like, kind of tonk mm. Smithers in the head a little and go, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, they're clearly leaning, like, very, very hard into their Disney. Yeah. Now, Roots, Disney 
shackles, Disney mm-hmm. rope, Disney something. Yeah. They're <laughs> Disney covering and by doing the whole Iron mm. Man bit. And it, it does yeah. sort of fit with that kind of shtick as well. Like mm. the, yeah. It's like a visual quip. I didn't actually think of that connection because, yeah, that was one of the visual things that stood out to me was like, I think the Iron Man Burns thing worked for the mm. most part. I thought when they were setting it up and it was a little bit clunky, they shouldn't have cut so much into it. Should have let Fred be Fred, not have Burns inside react to people. Does that make sense? You wanted less helmet cam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Just in the establishing bit. Because I like the jokes where it's like, yeah, this Dave Harbour type saying Burnsy things. Mm. Mm. And when you have Burns saying them and then the characters reacting like they heard David, it just yeah. makes it a little bit more confused. As confused as me trying to describe (laughs) my feelings towards this bit. They'll just have to watch the episode. Yes. But yeah, I do like he says, oh, well, I have friends. Oh, weird how you said that, like it's a new concept. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I liked all the stuff in the bar as well. That Mm. was wonderful. Um, And yeah, the why can't we be friends montage was hilarious. It was way better. As soon as that started off, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a montage. But no, I actually surprisingly enjoyed it. No, absolutely. The the fishing as well, how he just pulls out a musket and then they're (laughs) eating all those fish with holes in them. Yeah. I gotta laugh. And yeah, and in doing the egg eating contest and they're just piling up on the inside. <laughs> I missed that part. I must have been writing a note. Mm. Oh, it was a good montage. But yeah, just while we're talking about eggs and bars, why did they cut to Phil Rosenthal? I don't know. This was one of the, yeah, there was a couple of cutaways in this one and this was just it existed. Phil Rosenthal at Moe's eating a first of all, why is he even eating a pickled egg that's there? What well, does anyone watch this show? No. No. Somebody feed Phil? It's the fucking worst. It's like, all right, here's this rich guy who was a producer on Raymond and he's going around to restaurants eating shit and it's just, it's as boring as it sounds. He's not a charismatic host and it's like, oh, let's tribute this. I guess. Yeah. Did he pay to get on The Simpsons? Maybe. I don't know. And it takes me back to when he was in 30 Rock. I was about to say, is this like that 30 Rock bit where he's just like, oh, I'll just pay and you can can put me in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that was the funny thing, is they, yeah, had this really expensive guest and whatever, and they just treated him like shit. You're a guest here, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and that was sort of doing a parody on Saw as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Watch 30 Rock. It's a good show. Oh, actually, I forgot to uh, round off the whole thing about Alex Dessert. What did we think of uh, New Carl's voice? Oh, I mean, noticeably New Carl. I was wondering what was up with it, and then I remembered the whole thing. Um, Fine. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that he's not taking like a direct impression or anything of Hank Azaria, but it did sound a lot like it had been a recorded in a different studio with different equipment and different everything Mm. to everyone else. Like it it definitely sounded like an addition to the mix. There was something a bit weird there. Yeah. And also the fact that it also looked like he had to dub in his lines after Mm everything had already been animated because there were a couple of notable moments. I, I can't, I didn't write any down, yeah. but there are a couple of bits and pieces where they um, sort of like the lip flap is just a bit off. Mm. So it looks like they definitely, he had to voice to it rather than them animating to the voice, which is always, it's hard, yeah. especially when it comes to performance because you're having to try and meet all of their requirements um, in terms of getting everything in sync. But I mean, yeah, he did yeah. a pretty good job. Yeah, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while after 30 years to get used to a different voice, but... Mm. Yeah, it, I don't think it felt out of place. No. I th- I thought, it was noticeable, but yeah, I don't it, think it felt terrible. Yeah, you're right, Tom. Like, he's not doing an impression of Carl. It's, mm. like, pretty well an original voice um, that he's doing now, which is definitely a step in the right direction. And 
Yeah, I kind of agree that it did. Yeah, mix wise, it sounded a bit off, mm. and I wouldn't be surprised because, like, the thing that I noticed is Carl had a very meaty role in this episode. Yeah, like even more lines than Lenny, I reckon, and. Maybe on that, I'm theorizing that possibly that they used this episode as a way for potential actors to audition for it and yeah, see what they sounded like doing a broad range of lines and stuff. Because, yeah, Carl had a lot to do in this episode. And, yeah, that's my theory anyway. Was yeah. this, is this the first episode with him? In? Yeah. Okay. So maybe they're also using that as like a, a sneaky kind of sliding that in as the base going, oh, he had all these lines. That's subtly replacing, you know, what mm. you think Carl sounds like in your head. He was definitely a, a bit less cartoony mm. than the rest. Like, it was more of a like a new style of contemporary voice acting yeah. rather than, like, super, super cartoony animated character. Mm. But it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because he had a lot of stuff to do in this episode, but at the same time, he didn't have a lot of jokes. No. Mm. Like, just, just stuff. Yeah. More reacts and things like that. But yeah, uh, for a very wacky episode that we should go on about, uh, let's let's detour to the heart. Was there any heart in this episode? Kind of. Like the suggestion that Mr. Burns is thrilled to have friends is something... It doesn't fully get too far into that. And yeah, you get some complications in the final uh, conflict as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think there were probably... Just because we've got so much of Burns' past, they mm. were probably hesitant to rely on flashbacks and things to mm. try and sell the the whole oh i've i've always been friendless kind of thing but yeah yeah i i had some bumps for him like mm. a, a yeah. couple just a couple cheeky ones nothing major but <laughs> everyone likes burns a bit you love yeah. to hate him <laughs> oh, oh absolutely and seeing him in these sort of more vulnerable moments like that's one of the things that i know a lot of people disagree with our ranking on the Loch Ness monster episode saying we gave it too high but like i genuinely love burns in that episode trying to vie for people's affection yeah no totally it's something understandable for all people who pretend to be human <laughs> isn't that right beep <laughs> Uh, it's just it is such a shame about the ending because it didn't really know what it wanted no, to do because at first it's like Smithers all you have to stop being friends with Mr. Burns otherwise the plant's gonna go bankrupt and then it's Burns actually finds out that even though he's doing all these nice things for them the workers still don't like him and then it's a something else and it's the internal conflict between Burns wanting to stay on as being Fred and wanting to be and then it's it's basically three barrels at once and not a single one hits probably yeah, the moment that I felt like it was falling apart was when Smithers pulls Homer aside. Mm. Like, this shouldn't have been his move. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> and why was Smithers trying to keep it secret? Shouldn't have he been lording it over Burns that he'll reveal that he's Franka unless he like yeah. stops doing all this uh, employee benefits? <laughs> or at least something where he pulls him aside and says, we're going bankrupt, you have to stop being so nice to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that, that really did come out of nowhere because... Mm. Aren't they massively, massively, massively profitable? Well, it's also said that they're only massively profitable because they have such shitty conditions. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, in the uh, when Burns sells the nuclear power plant, they're basically, the Germans are all like, it's going to take so much to bring this up to code, whereas it's implied that Burns keeps making money because it is completely shit. Oh, yeah, but that was all like frivolous stuff. Yeah. I, I assume it was still like a dangerous like shithole of a plate to work with, but it was just yeah. a dangerous shithole yeah. yeah. with lots of food. Yeah, true. And segways. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the... I did like the segues and the used segues. Slightly <laughs> used segues. Yeah. Oh, and there were a great run of jokes as well with all the uh, restaurants that he's installed in there. Mm-hmm. Like, And Homer, of course, stops by Homer's favourites. And yep. I'm pretty sure he grabbed an out-of-this-world moon waffle. Oh, really? No. Yeah, oh. pretty sure. Just to throw to another uh, interesting previous reference, uh, when Barney does the drive through at Moe's window, he's driving the Plow King plow for some reason. Yeah, mm. I could have done without that reference, actually. Well, at least it was just visually there. It wasn't pointed to at all. Yeah. I'll take it for that. It's just he needed to be driving a car, therefore he's in the, in the Plow King plow. Why would you bring up the Lady Gaga episode? That was weird. Why? I can't like the make joke they're going for, though, where it's like, you can never never just make new friends. They always leave later, which was an okay bit, but I, yeah. I, I wish they kind of actually lent in more into the wink where they were like, it's like a guest star in a TV show. They come and then they leave, which would have explained, yeah, David Arbour and Lady Gaga. And I don't know. Yeah, just... it's more of a general reference to, rather than to throw that one horrible, horrible episode. Mm. And especially, oh, poor Marge. Just, uh, oh, yeah. If you're going to uh, replace anyone in the cast, I think we'd understand if you wanted to replace Julie Kavner at this point. Yeah, just keep true. paying her, but get someone else to do the voice. Yes. Just pull from the last 30 years of her voice and use, because oh, I think we all cringed as soon as she started talking, like, oh my god, you poor woman. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so painful. But yeah, piece of vocal takes together like they did in with Chef from South Park in that one I episode. I mean, they, they have to have enough at this point. <laughs> yeah, 32 years, you'd think so. <laughs> so yeah. Except the last six. The last six have been quite sad yeah that's I mean, the that's my heart for this episode i hope it only just sounds like it hurts and it actually doesn't mm. um, i i can promise you it does yeah, yeah. i was gonna say i know that's wishful thinking but <laughs> i want to believe that yeah because yeah. yeah they definitely sound like they're only getting two takes out of her and then yeah letting her go home for the day <laughs> all right but yes or no would you watch this episode again yeah why not why not yeah i think i'm on board it's uh i'm disappointed with the ending but most of it's a lot of fun yeah, I'm going to watch this one again, and if episodes we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put them in. So, what are some other episodes of The Simpsons that would pair nicely with this one? I mean, Mr. Burns trying to be popular, so put it with the Loch Ness yeah. Monster one. Yeah, absolutely. Have they done any, like, characters then going into the body of other characters and then that character being a guest star? Ooh. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> you asked a lot just then. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Them Robot. I would put it with Them Robot, season 23. Mr. Burns replaces all of the employees with robots. And Homer's in charge of the robots. Yeah, it's like the polar opposite of this episode. Yeah. Oh, I don't think we've done that one yet. Well, yeah. Well, I watched it last night. Coming soon on the Index. (laughs) Yeah, any other playlists? Other than maybe bring your kids to something day. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Bring your grandparents to school day, or and... uh, you know, when Skinner has to leave early for his flight, and it's like, yes, bring do what your parents do day. Yep, take person to X day. Yeah, Even okay. though the opening was only like just just tangentially related yep. to the rest of the episode. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm working on here. Tangents. <laughs> uh, Stranger Things guest stars. So pair this with the Allison who was played by Winona Ryder. The Oh, yeah. Second chair. Why am I not remembering specifics from that? Whatever. Episode? And I'm sure one of the kids is is or will show up in an episode soon. Yeah, mm. I'm surprised they haven't done a Millie Bobby Brown thing yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought that's what they were going to do in the Treehouse of Horror 30 uh, when they did yeah, the Stranger Yeah, the less thing. said about that, the better. Yes. Except uh, if you want to hear us say more about it, <laughs> I think it's episode 170 of the podcast with Michael Swaim. Yeah, what are you going to do? Do what I told you to do or do what Elliot told you to do? Vote now. (laughs) By listening to that episode. All right. 
Now, there's some things to be fixed about this episode, so let's dive into that. BT, what would you like to change? Um, like we said, there's basically three shots that are conflict for the conclusion of this, and not one of them land properly. Pick one. Just mm. pick one and drive for that. Have Smithers pull Burns aside and go, hey, we're losing money, you have to stop doing this. And he's all like, no, you don't understand, Smithers, I have friends now, It's all. that's all that really matters. And then something from that. Uh, may, and then I think maybe he finds out that the employees still hate Burns. They just love this guy that he's made up. Mm. And then he's got the conflict flick from that. Stick with one of them. It's just, it's so scattershot. It, it's hard to know what direction to look in. Yeah. How about you, Tom? What would you like to change? Yeah, much, much the same. I feel like there was a pretty strong angle that was developing in like the latter third of the episode mm-hmm. where you potentially could have set up Smithers as like a particularly good antagonist for Mr. Burns in this because they had like a couple of tense conversations. Yeah. Mm. And it seemed like I was leaning that way for a while. Yeah, so have just like a big reveal with Smithers ripping the suit off mm. Burns in front of everyone rather than just Homer for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's my main thing. I I honestly feel pretty good about this episode considering where it's from. Yeah. <laughs> from the depression era that we're calling. Um, no, not the depression. That's confirmation bias. <laughs> the flirty the, 30s. I like how the names for it. Yeah, the the Disney era puts a nice shine on it, but it's actually the depression. It depends how you feel about Disney. <laughs> the depression. Mm. <laughs> um I really like the idea of Burns losing his sanity and thinking he's becoming Frank and him withering inside and actually like he's always been, you know, an incredibly sick man, but to see him like even though like the beer isn't actually going directly to him, he might end up having some or liking it mm-hmm. and like just just destroying his body trying to keep up with these people who are probably a quarter of his age. And <laughs> I think that's the angle that I like on it because if you're going to go wacky in this episode, I want a wacky ending. Like this current ending was wacky in the bad way. Wacky, you didn't know what you were doing. Wacky yep. just for the sake of these bits. And Homer's speech kind of lands at the end in this way because mm. it's Homer's rambling that he does come to a point at the end and you're like, the boss should always suck. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's what I would change. Uh, now we are going to wrap it up because it's time to move on to another episode. But before we do that, any other notes, Tom? Spit takes. I love the spit take sequence. It was actually pretty good. It was like six bites or something like that. But I, I, I enjoyed every bite, mostly kind of. Yeah. 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 No, that's it. When it got to the cat, it's like, you know what you're doing. But then it was mouse and then cheese. And I'm like, oh, okay, you got me again. I did like mouse cheese. I didn't feel dirty afterwards. And that's all I want out of a repeat (laughs) cut thing like that. (laughs) Definitely. All I want out of life is not feel so dirty. Um, And rabies Lenny. Rabies Lenny was funny. That's my thing. It was kind of one of those brain damage jokes, but it was kind of so quick that it didn't matter too much. Yeah. And it wasn't him like barking or anything. Just a little foam at the mouth. It Mm -hmm. it was quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think the rest of my notes I can't read. So yeah, that's me. Dog in rad suit? Dog in rad suit. Dog in rad suit. <laughs> Dog in rad suit? Uh, yeah, when they release the hounds and one of the workers is wearing the radiation suit and there's this, this bulge that moves uh, up yeah. to the helmet, it's just this dog growling at his face. Which implies the dog is already in the suit oh, in yeah. a separate compartment that can be released. <laughs> oh, God. Because those suits are sealed. Yeah. <laughs> well, or not well. Again, the safety record of the nuclear power plant, especially when the safety inspector is Omar. I, mm. I choose to believe dog compartment. <laughs> <laughs> so what's this extra compartment I suit for? Nothing. It's growling. No, it's not. <laughs> and how about you, BT? Any other notes? Uh, so I do like when it's the take your kids to work fair. They've got like 
stalls like touch the plutonium. Yeah. And the pinata, which is the sun, it's like stupid solar. Yeah. And that was a cooter from the Bart Carney episode operating that. Uh, Mr. Burns has a big wall of everyone who's died at work and just says quitters. Yep. Uh, Smithers is like, where's Mr. Burns? After reading his bedtime story and it's the Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing pull. <laughs> like, yeah, and again, very, very subtle. It's just there. They don't stop and pull to the cover. Mm. When the robot falls in the acid bath, it almost does a T-1000 kind of thing, but not really. So either do it or don't. Don't tease Beach with Terminator no. references. You will upset him. Yeah, that's my jam. Let me spread it on toast. Uh, at the end, Jesus. this whole final like little fourth act bit where you've just got the Eye of Sauron over both yeah. the cooling towers of the nuclear plant. It's like, the fuck are we doing? And then they're like, oh, we can all release the hounds, see? And we can all use the trapdoors. I just push the button. It's like, what the, why? No, stop. In stop hit. having episode when your episode is done. Mm. And here's Don Phony, man. And it's like, uh, why? Yeah. You're already past the goal line. Just fucking put the football down. That's I'm how, assuming that's how the sport work, and mm. that's how what you should do. Yes, put the rubber egg in the net. Yes, I think <laughs> once the little white egg is in the cup, you have completed the golf. Put the horse egg in the fill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't mind the horse egg line from that section. Mm-hmm. Just why Phil Rosenthal though? Yeah, I, I'm sure yeah. people do watch it, but it's just such no a must. niche Netflix show. It's not on my recommendations, so I don't know. Uh, I watch a lot of cooking travel shows. Oh, you fool. Anthony Bourdain was my jam. Rest in peace. Mm. Anyway, my final notes. I like Lenny hiring kids to be his kids. And then one <laughs> of them gets a better role. He's like, so long, sucker. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite bits of the episode. Yeah. Thank you. That was right at the bit as well. So we're rolling into a good time. Like, all right. What else you got, episode? Turns out a bit more. Did we mention as well that Smithers had tampered with Mr. Burns's monitors and put like signs like everything's going well and like just old stock footage and like Mr. I Burns assume like, that was uh, the employees had tampered with it. Oh. oh, I like the joke where he's all like, "Oh, these security monitors don't seem to be telling the truth anymore." And yeah, some of stock footage and all's well and happy faces and one's an itchy and scratchy cartoon. <laughs> I do like that take though, Elliot. Like, yeah, if it was Smithers, oh, they could have been even gone even further into the potential other plot line at the end yeah yeah solution yeah well i think that is something that the simpsons don't dive into enough on is with smithers being like very complicit to mr burns's tyranny and Mm. him actually he must like it to a certain degree and so he's like working behind the scenes and making sure everything runs smoothly yeah i just wanted to keep burns from knowing how much people disliked him so he's like everything's fine yeah giving him rose-colored glasses forcing glasses onto his face Mm hmm and I like when Mr. Burns is arguing with himself how he's taking the head on and off and puts it on backwards at one point and then the trio are listening in and it's like, yep, that's definitely two people. Yeah, I do like the line of, well, they're both so polite, neither one is interrupting the yes. other. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything should have a kill button. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, all my notes. So it must be time to rank this thing. Oh, one more note. One more thing. Why did Fred make it the sound of a hawk screeching as he died? Oh, that's yeah. what that note means. <laughs> what? Yeah, again, it's almost a T-1000 reference, but he doesn't. He makes it a little bit like a kind of thing. Not a... Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. I just assume that I go for the thumb, but... Yeah, well, that's T2 as well, but it's different because that's the <laughs> hero dying, not the villain. Um, yeah, I would have gone with a thumb. That could have been all right. But okay. then when they open with that on over the nuclear plant, there's a Wilhelm scream and it's like, why? Because they're like, Wilhelm screams are never not funny. No, I swear David Cryan had a 
really good episode mm. that then The Simpsons tampered with at some point. It does feel very, like, that whole third act feels very off. It was probably just too long, and they had to smash, instead of cutting stuff, they just smashed it together. I really do want to know what the process was, what mm. they did to David Crine's script, because, yeah, th- this was a breath of fresh air. Anyway, mm. and I'll get into more of that when we rank this thing on The Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just, meh. You give it a participant, but for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best, of the very best, those episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm giving this a silver. Like, mm. this just craps out at the end, but so many silver episodes do and quite frankly if this stuck the landing i would have gone gold this was a very funny episode with a a solid script it was wacky as all shit but i had a good time tom what do you reckon yeah i'm i'm right there with you elliot like the whole opening had me so happy Mm -hmm. and it it really harkened back to like old simpsons even with the sound design yeah the start yeah the sound of the carnival there was actually the sound of a carnival everything slotted in nicely so yeah i'm right there with you with the silver all right, BT, finish it off. I echo every single sentiment except for the ranking I would like to go bronze. Of course you <laughs> if would. If it landed in the ending, I would have gone silver. <laughs> you bitter old robot. I just know what it is, man. But I'm also glad you did that, though. <laughs> yeah, a, a dull silver sounds about right for this one. Well, yeah, it's it's just, it was so close, and that's just, but I was sitting there going, they're going to they're gonna tank the ending, aren't they? That's, uh, and to be fair, they didn't tank it as hard as they could have. It was just wasn't good. Yeah. Well, it's funny that the silver ranking, like, you know, where it hovers from dull silver, silver, mm. and shiny silver are actually some of our more controversial takes and where people oh, yeah. are like, you were that positive on it? But I think silver is like a good kind of catch-all for an episode that kind of whiffs it at one point or another. Yeah. And as demonstrated by other dull silvers that this will be joining, like Saddlesaw Galactica. <laughs> oh, man. Charming story about Bart and a horse. Uh, then ends with L derails so hard. <laughs> yep. Uh, Simpsons Bible stories, which, yeah, I think two out of the three of those are great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jaws wired shut, which was, yeah, Homer gets mm. his jaws wired shut. And then Popeye ending. Wacky as bullshit ending. God, yeah, the trend is appearing. Ah, Helter Shelter. We did that with you, Tom. The Again, reality show, them living in the 1800s. Charming. And then... They pick the house up on a helicopter and throw it into a running river. Just ends with Homer and the hose. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah that's right. I do like that. Perhaps if I look into the hose to see what the problem is. Yep. Oh, and also 500 keys. Mm. Again, great story about all the Simpsons having adventures with keys. Ends with dark as fuck, Otto kills kids ending. Or th- thinks he kills kids. Yeah. Very important distinction. (laughs) All right. Well, that about does it for this episode. Now, because we did a 30, it means we're going to have to miss out on one era, which this week will be the teens. So we're going to the HD era now, and we're going to watch The Winter of His Content. BT, what is this episode? Uh, Homer gets cold, but realizes he's more of a winter person. He's like, I'm actually pretty content with this. It's not not really a thrill a minute kind of episode, but it's about... Finding yourself and understanding, you know, just where you're comfortable and also what kind of, what what uh, mood of clothing is you. Homer is all white and blue. That's very winter. Wow, this sounds just garbage. Hey, they can't all be thrill rides, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I mostly picked this one as well because the season 31 episode that we did with you last year, Tom, was the winter of his monetized content. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Yeah, clever. Mm. All right, we'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was Season 25, Episode 14, The Winter of His Content. 
first released in March of 2014, it was directed by Chuck Sheets. He certainly does. Yeah, and written by Kevin Curran. In this episode, Homer gets into being an old person when they let Grandpa Jasper and the old Jewish man move in to the house when the retirement castle gets shut down, which doesn't get back opened at the nope, end. Nothing resolved. Interesting. And in the B story, it's revealed that Nelson wears his mother's underwear as mm-hmm. hand-me-downs and mm-hmm. bonds with Bart because he's wearing Homer's hand-me-downs. Mm-hmm. And then they do a parody of The Warriors, I guess? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. BT, Don, can you back that up? Nope. I know the references, but I don't know yeah, anything exactly. about Same the movie. Same way. Yeah, I, I know the bottle clinking thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what do you guys think? Boring. Yeah, just fucking boring. Yeah. Started out okay, though. It did okay. Yeah, yeah. When they uh, come home, Homer and Marge come home and they're in, you know, making out while also going through their, you know, like mm. daily duties of checking the mail. I do like the joke when they, yeah. So stepping in amongst the toys and then going up the stairs. And I do like the joke where Homer starts making out with the portrait of Marge. Like, oh, wait, damn it. Yeah, yeah that, that was nice. It just felt like the first five minutes were sort of okay. And then the rest of it was just slowly dying heartbeats. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was a great premise and I thought it started out great but the moment where the episode pivoted was when for me and I'll say yeah this is what stands out to me for better or worse was when Homer decided to start doing all the old people things like I really liked the idea and the concepts that they were going with with these yeah three people moving into their house I thought it was leading to some good comedy but then then it became about Homer doing this list of old people things, and it just felt like whiteboard writing to the worst degree. Mm, yeah, it was dumb. Not to jump the gun, but even if he's doing old people things, but fun old people things, like lawn yeah. bowls and cruises and like yeah. painfully mixing up meds that shouldn't be mixed together. Yeah. Oh, where was the montage for that bit? Like, mm. instead we get, yeah, Marge complaining. First he sorted his pills, and then he called the police about a frisbee, and then he went to pay for ice cream for only a nickel. And it's, yeah. none yeah. of it's funny. No. Yeah, I mean, I like how it starts where Homer's like, oh, you get breakfast so early, and then your exercise is just walking around a mall. And there's certain, I get the idea that the old person lifestyle would be appealing to Homer, who is lazy and doesn't want to do anything. And, yeah, complaining about things and getting away with it, I guess, would be something. But then why does he have earlobe extensions? Yeah. No, they just take it to the nth degree. And and they've already done it with, like, Homer being Cornelius Talmadge. Yeah. When yeah, he yeah. was hiding out at the retirement home. And I remember when we reviewed that episode, the thing what we remarked with, oh, there wasn't actually that much. I guess that's all they could mine out of it before it wasn't funny anymore. And then someone's like, nope, A plot. Yep. Ah, oh, Chuck Sheets. Was he it even does. the A plot? Like, I don't even know, because yeah, at a certain yeah. point it gets more screen time, definitely goes to Bart after a while. But that just feels so boring <laughs> that I have trouble calling it an A. No, you're right, because it's one of those situations, yeah, this one happens first, but, you know, what do you call A, the one that got the most yeah, screen yeah. time? or uh, Tom, what, what about you? What stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? There's a couple of things like, yeah, the kissing portrait of Marge. I thought that was quite funny. The mm. the wheelchair catapult at the very, yes. very, very start is it, good. There's some good gags in there. Yeah, yeah they're the, going through all the problems with the retirement home. I do really like the vending machine. They press cola and a rat comes out and they press diet cola and a small rat comes out. Even the nurse mannequins I thought was a bit eye-rolly, but I really did get something out of Jasper just going, don't get fat. <laughs> and then just the overt wink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I enjoyed the Downton Abbey itchy and scratchy. Uh, that oh. was a Downton Abbey thing. Okay. Oh, upstairs, yeah. downstairs. One one of those, one of those British just, shows. I kind of thought the thing instead of like 
the you know the upstairs cats killing all the servants would have just been they're just going to treat them badly like they actually did back then that'll mm. be a worse hell than murder but to be fair it was some pretty creative violence i do like shoving an umbrella down and in and, and itchy or, or a scratchy whatever and then opening it to cut him in half yeah <laughs> yeah it's good it's good that's it i wrote the icky um, the baseball that, fairies. Sonny? <laughs> Sorry, the, the baseball fairies. The baseball fairies stood out to me. That's <laughs> that's all I've got. Yeah. So yeah. in this bit where they pivot to Bart's side of the story, and now they're going to a bully convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for something that that on paper sounds like a lot of fun, they go to like this bully con. There is all these various groups of wacky subcultures of bully. And there's this, you know, desperate race home kind of thing. That all sounds interesting. I was stunned at how bored I was. Yeah. Well, what was with the voiceover bits as well? Is this another reference to Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like, yeah, coming over the radio and then Wiggum comes in and does some dumb joke about how trippy it is when you've got the radio on and you're broadcasting mm. on a microphone. Mm. And so echoey and trippy. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that then made me think too much about what this narrator, radio chick, was doing. Because, like... Obviously, Wiggum also knows what's going on and has gone to this place and is listening to it. It's like, but wait, what? None of this, uh, yeah. what? Why? Why is he even there? Mm. No, and it's a problem we run into a lot with especially modern Simpsons is that, you know, when they're doing these references to a thing, you I feel like you had to know what the thing was. Yeah, I was really distracted by what is this? Yeah. You know. mm. See, the itchy and scratchy thing, that worked for me because I didn't know it was specifically Downton Abbey, but it was, yeah. That kind of thing. Oh, I, I definitely don't know that either. Don't take me as a source <laughs> on that. I, it just felt Downton Abbey. Quoting Tom on it, this was definitely a Downton Abbey thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're going to write that in stone and that'll just, you know. But be... that's the thing. It, it didn't require any predicated knowledge. You mm. saw archetypes and stuff and that's all you needed. Mm. Yep. The can you dig it speech weirded me out because that felt like a reference to something else that wasn't the Warriors. Mm. And it felt a little bit like an MLK bit, but yeah. Mm. yeah Which bit was this? I can't remember. Uh, Clarence, who's doing the bully seminar at the thing. The keynote speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah the keynote speech the there. Yeah, I was more distracted by they then have this guy who's like, I'm going to hit him with this slingshot. Why? Oh, it's like, wait, who the fuck are you? Why are you suddenly impo- an important character? Yeah. Because uh, it felt like a throwaway character as well, because he just goes up to Nelson. What, did your mom drop you off? And it's like, yeah, she did. And it's like, no, she didn't. We just watched you guys get the train here. <laughs> was Nelson on the train, though? Oh, I can't maybe. remember. I think maybe that was separate. Okay, fair enough. It still wasn't a great, great bit. Yeah. Well, that, that was his only significance, right? It was just the fact that he was the first one that came up to them. I mm. guess. Was that yeah. all he was? And then, yeah, then stole Bart's slingshot to And do then the becomes thing. primary antagonist out of nowhere. Yeah, why? <laughs> no fucking idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, who is this kid? Why, why is he motivated to do these things? I mean, he does have a speech about, I don't want to be like Prince Charles waiting for the Queen to die, so I guess he's meant to be like next in line for leader of the bullies or something, but then have an establishing bit where he's at least talking to the guy or something. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, I was so distracted by who the fuck is this guy and why is he suddenly important and also what style parody are we doing right now mm. to really notice or care what was going on on screen. Yeah. I did not notice or care. <laughs> and how about you, BT? What stands out to you for better or worse? I'm going to point to what was maybe my favorite joke where they're talking about having these old people live with them. They're like, and the font they use on the computer is ridiculous. <laughs> and it cuts to Marge, who's just types A and then a big A pops. And he goes, hey! <laughs> or rather, ah, but yep. you know, it's still A. I like, oh, that's good. <laughs> it was an example of a good cutaway joke that told then showed. And yeah, it was but then still funny. you got more out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's rare that those happen. 
No, absolutely. And I think that's where, yeah, all the great parts of the episode were happening was The Simpsons now living with these three old people. And I wish so I wish we just stayed much. in that. Yeah. That is funnier and more interesting than everything else, than, than surprisingly somehow, than, you know, the wacky world of bullies. As yeah. long as no one brings up ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit dragged out. No, to have him say, oh, I can still see my... Uncle Bill's ghost, and then to show Uncle Bill, it's like, okay, fuck, geez, stop. Yeah, because it was a fine enough joke as well. It's just, I want to coexist. He thinks ghosts exist. You know, this mm. remind me of classic, uh, yeah, you know, I, I want, want some taquitos, but yeah. put on our tuxedos. Yeah, exactly. And oh, and I loved the defibrillator montage. Mm-hmm. The, the octogenarians keep one homer call them uh, octogenosauruses or something. <laughs> yeah, all the old people keep having heart attacks, and Homer's like got convenient a few defibs around. Well, we know after his heart attack, he really enjoyed them, so maybe yeah. he bought one. <laughs> but he's basically got one for each room. But then I love it that yeah, he opens up his electric bill. It's so high, and yep. <laughs> Marge has to then shock him. Great fucking bit, which leads into the wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Oh my, yes. Yeah. Just in, I mean, we've already kind of talked about some of them. Uh, the wheelchair launch and the diet rat and the ghost bill. Homer's face is once again made out of pudding and just <laughs> is malleable. Yeah, that's right. I gotta say, I didn't mind this bit, especially when it's like, now say something pathetic. Oh, I can't. I really like that bit. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a drag out joke. It was. My only complaint is, Grandpa wouldn't think of himself as pathetic, but still. Mm. We should be like, now say something that proves you're better than every other generation. But then when Homer delves into, yeah, getting fake earlobes and an Epsom salt bath for his feet. I never knew, I never thought about the earlobes thing before. And the next time I see an old person, that's all I'm going to be focusing on. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to do that. Just be like, how big are, oh, well, they are kind of big, but I don't have context. Excuse me, sir, we all, earlobes always that long. I see. None of my business, is it? Well... Same to you, buddy. Once you turn 60, it's like a, a special ritual that gets taught to you by the elders. You have yeah. to use the binder clips and then little weights and just increase as you go. That sounds awful. Oh, it is. Is yeah. that why emos, were they getting ahead of that? Were they just... Uh, well, they just know, didn't know. And they'll yeah. be like, oh, God, we have to do what? Yeah. They've already, yeah, they've already got the floppy ears. Do they have to get floppier then after that? Oh, heavens, yes. <laughs> it's just layers upon layers of flop. Mm. <laughs> the floppiest. Do your ears hang low? Yes, they do. Mm. All right. Yeah, look, we kind of covered a lot of the wackiness with the bully convention, and I don't think there was too much more there in terms no. of whack. There was Mo that was on a date in the middle of this bully convention that he Boo. got, and then she runs away, and he's like, ah, I shouldn't have got her parkour lessons. It's like, what? You had the joke. It's just her parkouring out of there. That was the joke. He, he didn't need to justify it. No, yeah. add more to the joke. It makes it funnier. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, just, the, the, the problem becomes if he got her lessons, that implies they've been dating for a while. Mm. And now's the time she's like bailing out. That's... But also, yeah, why are they at this abandoned yeah. fair anyway? And why isn't she more visibly distressed that they're at this abandoned fair with a bunch of bullies? It raises too many questions. How yeah. did they get on the wheel yeah. If the wheel had to be manually operated from the bottom, and that was only a thing that was happening once that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it also raised questions about Bart and the bullies. How did they get up there? And because we kind of just cut to that scene. Yeah. yeah. And why are the and yeah, uh, hated it. But how about the heart of this episode? Was this filled with any bumps? No. We are sans bumps. Yeah. No. I mean, what am I supposed to love here? Like, maybe feel sympathy for Marge because Homer's now old and boring and weird, but. 
Eh, no. And I like where it started with Bart sticking up for Nelson, and that could have gone an infinite amount of other places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do kind of have a problem where, you know, Nelson's in his mother's underwear, and so Bart stands in and says, oh, I'm wearing my dad's underwear too, and if you're going to yell at him, you're going to have to yell at me too, and they'll just clap. It's like, no, they would have just yelled at him, uh, sorry, laughed at him too. They also only all clapped, like, twice. Mm. It mm. was like, clap, clap, and then silence. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like... Yeah. This is how applause works. Weird. <laughs> the Simpsons are, yeah, so used to pity applause. Yeah, that- <laughs> but it's just weird that, yeah, he goes, oh, you know, then you'll have to laugh at me too. And they're all just like, oh, we're so moved by his speech instead of just laughing at him as well. You would. <laughs> Which, yeah, it doesn't make sense for Bart because, like, in the context of the school, he's not, like, I think he's generally well-liked, but he's not the position of authority that Nelson is. Mm-hmm. So... Doesn't kind of make sense for their character dynamic yeah, if, like that. If they're brave enough to laugh at Nelson, they're definitely brave enough to laugh at Bart. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. we've just seen Bart's underwear so many times. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's not a bad joke. And I, I do have this weird affection for jokes where it's like the characters reveal the shape of themselves that their clothing doesn't make sense for. Mm. Like, there's this joke in Futurama yeah. where, like, the professor's always shown to have a little bit of a pot belly, but he pulls his shirt up and it's just all skin, like, shrunk down to the spine, but then he puts his shirt back over <laughs> and it's a pot belly again. <laughs> That's a better show. Listen, <laughs> watch that show and listen to Shut Up and Take My Podcast. They're almost finished. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I just, there's no heart here. Would you watch this one again? No. Not consciously. No, and I skipped over. Did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Uh, it it was too boring to feel like anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly that. Yeah, I'm going to forget this one so quickly. I don't even hate it. It's just dull. I had the emotional connection that I do to my clock ticking in the background. Yeah. That's, that's all it was. <laughs> yeah, tune your TV to static and watch that for 23 minutes, and that's this episode. All right. Well, besides changing it to static, BT, what else would you like to change about this thing? All the things? Uh, I think just stick with the main storyline and have something come out of these three old guys. Maybe one of them divulges some secret to the kids and that leads us on a tangent. Or maybe it's just dealing with the old folks. I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers lately. And one thing I mentioned to you, Elliot, is that I do like that it is, even though after what, after 10 seasons now? It's always just 11. been... 11. It's just always been this family dynamic. They've never gone to space. They've never done any... I don't even think they've left whatever city they're meant to be in. Mm. They've never gone full wacky. It's always just been a family dynamic in a home, in a town, normal stuff. Somehow, after 11 seasons, which is amazing. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted to see. What can you do with just these weird new people in this house? Yeah. Uh, I think we watched the season 11 premiere the other n- night, and like... It wasn't the strongest episodes, but my God, in its 11th season, it's still way more consistent. Like, mm. And I think we've said it on the pod before, I don't think Bob's Burgers ever hits Cubic Zirconia, but it, it's like a consistent silver gold yeah. Mm. show. Yeah, these are really strong characters. Sorry, I am going to piggyback and say what I'd change. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, yeah, these three old people, like, even though old Jewish man doesn't have a name, like, they're all pretty strong characters. Mm. And like, Yeah, they're what- always fun to watch. We all have some Jasper lines we like. Yeah. Like, that's a paddling. Exactly. And, yeah, how they can get more out of Jasper in that episode where he is one of so many characters mm-hmm. versus this one where he could have been a front and centre character. Because, yeah, they almost touch on it with the Maggie sort of being able to get into their pills sort of thing. Like, yeah, I thought that was going to be a thing. Like, yeah. Marge was going to overly safety-proof the house or something, and no, nah, it just wasn't everything. Yeah, or, yeah, Lisa takes an interest in them, but doesn't take an I interest. Know. My big one was we find out Homer's grandpa is still alive. 
Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's where this episode is going. Oh, wait, it's not? Oh, then what are we doing? Nothing. Oh, what? Well, yeah, they, you couldn't even quite tell if it was just a Homer being dumb thing. Yeah. Or whether it was actually the truth. And that whole speech with Lisa was actually pretty nice. And then they just ruin it with the grandpa yelling bit that doesn't yeah. turn into anything else. Like, that that's mm. almost a moment of heart, but they crap on it. That's yeah. oh, their heart is so crappy. <laughs> uh, how about you, Tom? What would you like to change about this episode? Yeah, I I just want to. I want the episode to be about the kids getting into the old people's drugs, <laughs> or just something, just something else, or us getting into the old people's drugs. Yeah, <laughs> anything. Just just not that. Just yep. not what it was. Yeah, you, you pop some of those pills and you'll be regular. Woo. <laughs> I did. Oh, I did like yeah. the. Um, oh, where is it? Uh, uh, all the cereals. Yeah, but particularly, mm. I do want to try Count Branchula because <laughs> that sounds like it could be pretty cool and delicious and good for you. I like bran. <laughs> Someone's uh, got firm and uh, hard anyway. Um, yeah, no guest stars for this episode and no real music moments. So I got to say, yeah, this was another lifeless sounding episode. We've said so much before that the ambience is just gone in HD Simpsons. and I had a cool kind of like 80s techno kind of vibe going when they're doing the running away bit. But yeah. Again, because I was so busy going, what's going on? And I- then during the speech, like after the, when he gets hit in the head by the rock, there was this really, really like deep bassy like boom. Yeah. But it was just for a second. Yeah. It was, it was just weird. It pulled me out of it even more than watching the episode did. I thought that was the lawnmower outside. <laughs> hey, this should be done by now. Mm. Oh, but musical moments. They had a bit of In the City by Joe Walsh, which apparently appeared on the Warrior soundtrack. I was more familiar with it from the Citadel episode of the Rick and Morty half-hour program. <laughs> the Rick and Morty half-hour program, available now wherever you get your television. <laughs> on the picture, I listened to now. Yeah, I should have thought of something better than television. I apologize. Mm. Cool. All right. Tom, any other notes? Uh, the SAT preppers were really boring. Um, mm. They went on for way too long, emptying a pencil case of pencils over Again, himself. I feel like this has to be a reference to w- something that happens in The Warriors, but I have mm. no idea what it could be. Yeah. If you haven't seen that movie and know it religiously, this mm. entire episode, yeah. Nah, for real. Um, today, we are all Nelson Muntz. That's- Again, I'm assuming it's a reference. Yeah, I feel like that's a political thing that I've now forgotten about, but it <laughs> felt like it was a political thing that shouldn't have been used in that way. But I can't remember what it was, so... Yeah. And also the, uh, wow, you made me gay for tolerance. Okay. Boring. Okay, okay. Like, yeah. I like the idea that they're challenging the bullies because they've often done that in the past, even mm-hmm. in the classic episodes. But yeah, this was boring and terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but every bit like that, it just sounded like no one was excited to be in the room, like yeah. the writers or the actors or the animators. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll turn up, we'll do the job, we'll leave. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me, you're going to march into that booth and you're going to say you're gay for tolerance right now. Okay. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah you're gay for Actually, that's too much. that's too much passion. <laughs> so gay. imagine like that's just a, like a, one of those old computer monitors just has like the orangey-green writing yeah. set putting that up there. I'm gay for tolerance now. They just, mm. they fooled the actors, they had them on a nice little swing ride, and then they just flung <laughs> them into the recording studio. <laughs> now, work. That's a callback. Mm. <laughs> How about you, BT? Do you have any other notes? Uh, let's see, I do like when the the gym teachers are like, everyone, strip naked, I better hear some towel snapping. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Oh, so, yeah, that was another thing I would have changed as well. I would have made it, like, bombardment guy versus oh, yeah. Nelson and Bart. Yeah, like, yeah, 
he is the one who's leading the charge because the kids don't have a bully because now Nelson's been taken down, so it's yeah. a teacher. And then Bart and Nelson plot against him. Yeah, that would be an episode. Mm. Um, I do kind of <laughs> like the bit where Grandpa's like, hands Marge his groin balm. It's like, that has to go mm. in the fridge next to the butter. The butter has to be open. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy that. That was a great sequence of Grandpa nonsense. Yeah, yeah. There was a really weird bit where they're at Bingo and this woman kind of flirts with Homer and flirts with Abe. And then Grandpa's all like, oh, you need to stay away from those red door hoochies. All they want is a chicken dinner. And then it cuts to Homer giving Marge a chicken dinner. And you're like, what? I'm yeah. what? So Marge is a hoochie? Also in bed for some reason. Like Yeah. What? I'm and also con- none of it ever comes up again. I know this whole bingo sequence was just what are we doing here? Wouldn't Homer be bored right now? He's sober. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just yeah. It went it's another thing that just went nowhere and was just, just there. There's a bit where Marge yells at Homer, Ah, we're the same age. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of years difference there. They were in the same grade at school, but... Yeah, but Homer is definitely older. At the end, the main antagonist is just got, like, a stick and is threatening Bart with it. It's not like a sharp stick or a particularly big one. You look out in your yard. If you see a stick on the ground, it's, it's basically that. It's a bit weak looking. And, and they it's made like, such like, a point about the three bottles thing over and over again, and then he didn't have them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, yeah if he'd been standing like, I'm going to cram this bottle in your butt, and this bottle's going to go in your eye, and don't want to know what happens to this bottle. I don't know. Something. Wow. But, uh, yeah, spitball in here. Yeah, and then home just runs up and punches him all over. So, yeah, and the old folks' home is still closed, but it's still an honorary bully. Nothing resolves. Everything sucks. The end. Well, that's when I was like, all right, you're going to make the stories converge. What you got? Oh, that's it. He literally just punches the problem away. Yep. That's, yeah, he just it. goes, oh, I don't want to be old yet, but nothing changed for you. All yeah. the things you were enjoying, you still enjoy. Like, I thought for sure it was going to be like Marge flirting with him going, oh, I can't take an old man to bed, but mm, this homie, man, I don't know, something. I just keep circling back to pills. I'd, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe Homer should have been on the pills. Yeah. Sure. And that's why he was enjoying bingo or something like that. Like, oh, they Yeah, they just... discover he's been yeah taking grandpa's pills and that's making him old and boring for some reason. Yeah. And then it's some sort of metaphor about prescription medications or something like that. Yeah, yeah. some some kind I of thing. Know. Because he gets hooked on Oxycontin, and oh, then it's dependent for the rest of his life. And he, he does that whole bit about his lifestyle being his retirement, which mm. was a good bit. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't go anywhere with this episode. Yeah, I think that can be the slogan of this one. It doesn't go anywhere with this episode. Yep. <laughs> and my final notes, I actually like Dr. Hibbert's father. and That was kind of funny. Yeah. I'm an MD. Yeah, major dummy. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> You don't see farting much in The Simpsons, so it's kind of weird when it happens, but mm. I, yeah, so I loved it when the three old men were just farting on the couch, yep. just mm. have, sitting around having a good fart. Can't wait to do that when I'm older. <laughs> we got another Wiggum and Lou corner in this episode where it's like, oh, you're so suspicious, Lou, you like that Elvis song, <gasps> the crab cooking one or something. Mm, clam bake. Cut. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So when the bullies of Duck Bart and like, they're hanging out at the anti-female pool the sexist pool. uh the country club that closed because it refused to let women in right and it's assuming that it's late at night then all of a sudden martin and wendell are there yeah we're looking for owls screech and hoot then they screech and hoot fuck this joke mm. they hang on a point that dolph's got an eyebrow ring for some fucking reason yeah Ugh. i really wish he just said oh i feel the same way about my eyebrow ring and they just leave it there because you can't see it so it's implied it's under his hair instead of stopping having him brush it back See? See? <laughs> yeah. And also just way too far up. Mm. Yeah. Like it, it was like in his forehead. Well, well, yeah, like, you know, we're talking about Bob's Burgers before and something I've noticed with these animation shows is that, like, sometimes it's about what parts 
of the human anatomy that they remove. And mm. yeah, no Simpsons characters have eyebrows. So mm. with the exception reception of the Van Altens. Oh yeah, that's true. Or the baby with one eyebrow. Yeah, it still has more eyebrows than everybody else. What mm. maybe that's what they find freaky about him. Yeah. He actually has one. <laughs> but yeah, and like Bob's Burgers, none of the characters have teeth. And yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, and my final note was they dragged out the episode with that old lady catching the bus and it's like, now I'm going to count the pennies. Uh, uno, due. <sighs> cool, you learned how to count two in Italian. It's time to rank this thing and it's BT's turn to go first. I'm just going to straight out participant. I mean, I could fail just on straight boredom. I'm going to forget this one. It just washes over you and just leaves. It doesn't do anything egregiously terrible. It's just so unfocused that it's just nothing. So, yeah, participant. Yeah, if I was splitting rankings, I'd say shiny participant because I liked the first act, but it just squandered any potential that it has. Like most of this conversation has been us being about why didn't they and mm. why did they? Yep. There's just so many bad choices in the back end of this. So yeah, participant for me. Tom. Yeah, I don't know. I got like a real angry itch under my skin. Mm. Um, oh, that happens sometimes. Just at the very on, end. On the boring ones. Yeah, no, mm. the, the, this is a failure for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's fair. Because, yeah, sometimes the boring ones, you just, by the end, you're just like, okay, I'm so annoyed you aren't trying. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever done that to anything on the mm. podcast, but, yeah, this this really rankled me for some reason. I know. I know the feeling. Don't worry, man. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, well, when we average that out, that will be a dull participant. And I'm sure season 25 has got a few. Oh, it no. certainly was dull. Ah. Nah. Actually, season 25 only has two other dull participants. Really? It'll be joining four regrettings and a funeral, which we covered like way back at the start of the pod. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. Mr. Burns is dating someone and then she turns to dust at one point. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly. I feel like you mustn't, but you usually do. <laughs> What's the Wikipedia synopsis? Following the death of a friend, Homer, Marge, Kent Brockman, and Mr. Burns address the biggest regrets of their lives so far. Ah, oh, vaguely. Yeah. And Treehouse of Horror 24, which is uh, the old sepia tone freak show one. I think we actually covered this in our pilot unaired Too Drunk, oh. too drunk for Television episode. <laughs> it has the Guillermo del Toro see- opening yeah, sequence. Yeah, we definitely covered that, the Too Drunk. Have we not done it since? I can't remember. We have done it since. Okay. Because it got a dull participant. No, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> and oh, the places you do the Doctor Seuss one. Oh, it fucking yeah. goes nowhere. Good stuff, Simpsons. Good stuff. All right, now we are jumping over the teens era, and we're going to the classic era, where we're going to watch this little wiggy. BT, what is this episode? It's about a very small wig. And, and who's this wig for? <laughs> it's too small for anyone. That's where the comedy comes from. It's for the diet rat. <laughs> wow, you're just uh, explaining some very boring plots to pitch out to the Simpsons. Hey, I'm, I'm working with what I got here. A tiny <laughs> wig sounds charming as hell. If they keep taking them, you may as well keep pitching them. Yep. Yeah, I think at some point Simpsons will start taking our pitches. It's, no matter how dumb they are. Well, if we hear one that's like, okay, so Homer buys a wig, but it's too small, I'm going to sue. <laughs> yep. It's only just sitting on top of his little arcas. Yeah, finger puppet episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. All right, we're going to go watch well, that. We'll be back. That's the problem with the wig. It's too big for a finger puppet, but too small for anything else. What are we supposed to do with this waka waka? <laughs> Fist <Well>, puppet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. Yep. We'll be back. <laughs> Uh, 
And we are back and we just watched our classic and final episode for the day. This was Season 9, Episode 18, This Little Wiggy. First released in March of 1998, it was directed by Neil Affleck, no relation, and written by Dan Greeney. In this episode, you should all know this one, this is Barton, uh, what's his name, Ralph, get put on a play date and they end up becoming friends. Guys, what do we think? It's so wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> good old Ralph. Very cute and very, yeah. I like the episodes where they're doing kids being kids, even though mm. there's a lot of wackiness as well. Mm. Oh my, yes. <laughs> but it's very a smile and a nod kind of wackiness. Yeah, this is very charming. And this is actually, it was surprised me to read this, but yeah, this is only the second Ralph-focused episode of uh, the After, series. Uh, I Love Lisa. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting to compare those two because, mm. yeah, that was one about him being smitten and finding these feelings of romance. And then this was him finding friendship and also confronting his uh, scared feelings. And also his leprechaun. Hmm. Very much his leprechaun. <laughs> uh, but let's hook into this one. Tom, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what stands out to you from this episode? The hits just keep on coming. Like, there's so many bits and little pieces of this episode that I've just completely forgotten about. Like, mm. just from Skinner coming in at the start and the robot. Yeah. Like, it's it all just it clicks along really, really nicely. It's not overly complicated yeah this is in my playlist of good loudspeaker jokes that they do in the elementary school so <laughs> yeah. he's at the door hello children and it's like looking up at the speaker no over here and they're like looking in their desk and under and the door oh oh <laughs> i think what really stands out for me in this episode is how much i sympathize with homer all right. just like the the beer 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 bed 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 yeah but he's that over excited toddler yeah. yeah yeah i'm i'm every social media reaction on that <laughs> this mood <laughs> this is me totes yeah but no honestly that is a mood this is me beer 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 bed 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 and also him chainsawing through floors which is also something i do on the regular <laughs> well don't we all another one of these things where i constantly complain about simpsons characters literally cutting into a scene mm -hmm. and this one was so telegraphed as well mom you don't know what it's like to be paired with a doofus yeah, what I like is they have that set up and you know Homer's going to do something, but you didn't really... I've even seen the episode. I was not expecting him to <laughs> soar through the floor, pop his head up and go, oh, and then tuck down again. <laughs> so I think that's what saved it. If he just walked past and said something stupid, then yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact he just comes through the floor. Well, even that he just cuts it at, uh, and just disappears immediately. It's not like, this isn't the attic or something dumb yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. it's nice, tidy and cute. Innocuous. Yes. Mm. How about you, BT? What stands out to you for better or worse? Ah, oh, man. It's one of my two favorite lines. I'm just trying to pick which one I'm going to go with here. Oh, um, have both. Oh, you can you. have both lines as a treat. You spoil me. I love Wiggum's, um, <laughs> what is it? What is your fascination with my forbidden closet of mystery? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my other favorite is always when the, the prison and the security guard comes. So I say, now, why do I always shout first? <laughs> just give them time to run away. Well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Again, this mood, this is me. <laughs> Just having so many of mo moments in my life. Well, well, I'm an idiot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there are some killer lines. And, you know, back to your first point, and much with I Love Lisa as well, Chief Wiggum is such a great supporting character in this Ralph story. Yeah, yeah. He's so lovely. Yeah, he just comes off as like a genuinely concerned parent, and you know, I like when they he, he catches Ralph in the in the riot gear. Sorry, the forbidden closet of mystery, and is, immediately he stops being angry. He says, "Oh, you got a friend? I'll have some riot gear. That'd be fine." <laughs> ah, it takes me back to the sixties. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it's almost a shame to me in this episode that Chief Wiggum didn't have more to do with the ending. Mm. I know he was there at the prison and everything, but. 
and I'll say that's the bit that stands out to me, is Barton Rao's little binge actually didn't end up playing much of a part in the story, and that's kind of disappointing to me, even though mm. like I really love all the material of Barton Ralph just having the time of their life with that key. Yeah, mm. yeah. Going into the toy store, which, what is their fascination with Big? Uh, uh, who knows? I like that they're on pogo stilts on a trampoline and then they high five and just <laughs> go different directions. Wait, pogo stilts on a trampoline? They weren't pogo stilts, they're pogo sticks. Yes. <laughs> they had pogo stilts in that uh, yeah. the other episode, oh, the toy shop. They banned those in 30 countries. Mm-hmm. Can't believe we ate an entire wedding cake. An entire pan of funeral fudge. Yes. Why isn't funeral fudge a thing in Australia? It also just made me, for some reason, snort the fact that they just built a giant Lego block. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah, why not? Yeah, another re- really good pullback and reveal moment in this episode. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Play Count, have you ever seen this episode before? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, one or two. I can't think of anything witty, so yes, uh, like five, six. Uh. Can you think of anything wiggy? Oh, no. No. I will get wiggy with it. Talking about wiggy, how about the wiggity wiggity whack? Fire me. <laughs> Come at me. Cancel me. Anyway, yeah, how about the wackiness of this episode? The roof was donated by American Velcro, and the floor was given to us by Super Bowl. Yeah. I really want to visit this center. Mm. Oh, it sounds like a freaking dream. Yeah. Especially the uh, the giant cotton buds that are used to excise <laughs> Pride, Ralph yeah. from the ear. Like, that, that also feels like it would be useful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the idea that maybe they just eventually got to the, the Q-tips, giant Q-tips are the best way to do this. Yeah, They tried sense. crowbars and <laughs> to try and dislodge children, but no, the Q-tip is the way you do mm-hmm. it. Oh, it's bad for your ears. Mm-hmm. It feels so Very good. Yeah. I'm going to go toss the virtual salad. <laughs> Support yeah. it later when the bullies are like, go kiss the virtual ass. Yeah. It's like, so we know there is one. <laughs> well, yeah, because Bart, like, yes, sir. It's <laughs> just like, okay, so there is a virtual ass. Yep. I want to know what the other side of this game that Homer and Krusty was playing looked like, though. <laughs> you are out of sperm. I imagined it was just an egg that was, like, flo- floating around. You had to try and target and shoot it. Pretty sure, yeah, Ed McMullen designed this game. Yeah. Like, duck hunt, only egg hunt. <laughs> egg hunt. <laughs> I mean, no need. This is a wholesome episode, Elliot. <laughs> Making Other than it solid dirty. tassing. <laughs> tossing. <laughs> <laughs> Salad tassing. Um, this, yeah, first act as well. Commonly, Simpsons do the first act, fuck you. And this is one where they really got to have their pan of funeral fudge and eat it too, where they got to have this sketch show that they usually front load into an episode, mm-hmm. but it had everything to do with the story. And Yep, established the bullies, established Ralph as kind of just a lonely kid. Well, not lonely, just always on his own. Yeah. I do really kind of like this quiet bit of heart moment where Marge is like, oh, when I was a girl, I played by myself a lot too. And it's like, oh, you did too. We never think about Marge having friends when she's a kid. Mm. Yeah. Well done on the actual character continuity. I know, really good. And yeah, her sympathy for Ralph feels so natural in that moment. Yep. But then she touched his special area. (laughs) Again, you know, over lunch we were talking about, and I was saying, you know, it's funny watching any old sitcom where they have like a germaphobe character and they're, you know, always using hand sanitizer and not touching people and being creepy like that. But yeah, Ralph is, that was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Your special Mm -hmm. area is anywhere that can be touched by a human now. Yeah. Yes. Only elbow on elbow contact. No. Get away from my elbows. (laughs) Well, yours are elbow talons, so I think people would want to avoid it. I mean, that's why I had them installed. Mm. (laughs) I think maybe that's why I I like the elbow thing as well, Mm because I'm always wearing a motorcycle jacket when I'm Uh, bumping elbows with people, so I can just do it as hard as I want. Assert some dominance. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm not going to feel that shit. Nah. I'm always doing it because I've finally got, you know, I'm able to naturally show off my uh, elbows that I moisturize all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, well, speaking of things we went into with no idea how to get out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting, swan diving into whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, what else from the Knowledge GM? Yeah, I love the double helix slide that, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I always love, yeah, poorly designed things that are still set up anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to cut ahead, I want to make a pendulum playlist of people being carried away on large pendulums. Oh, yeah. Because Marge does here, and there's that one we watched the other day where Homer gets caught in a Newton's cradle, and I'm mm. sure it's happened several times over. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he gets he gets stuck on a, a wrecking ball pretty often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like Miley Cyrus. Any other moments of wackiness throughout this episode? I do really like when they're trying to get the master key from Chief Wiggum's bed and just pokes him in the face. Oh, nah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, twice by accident, then finally gets the key and then potentially putting their knight in peril. <laughs> just giving him one more courtesy stab. Yep. And just while we're there as well, the nightlight fucking, oh, that brings <laughs> me so much joy and yeah. entertainment. <laughs> the amount of sleepovers that I had as a kid where we one kid just had to have this blinding fucking thing and yeah, the laser sound that they have when it <laughs> turns it on. I'm scared. Mm. Hi, I'm Troy McClure, and your car will be subjected to repeated break-ins. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the disconcerting fade-out. Yeah. And yes, the one guest star for this episode, Phil Hartman as Troy McClure. Yeah, I don't think he had like a good, hi, I'm Troy McClure, you might remember me from line, but yeah, that, your car might be subjected to Why repeated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? What's this about my car? R.I.P. Phil. What else have we got? Oh, yeah, and of course, yeah, the wackiness of the ending as well with... How did you guys think this all came together at the end? Uh, I mean, wackily, but um, I do like... Yeah, like you said, the, the all the elements are there from the very beginning. Uh, when they're going into the prison, it's just... They do kind of get away with their wacky element of, I'm going to get into this electric chair and no one prote- and no matter how realistic my performance, no one come help me. <laughs> it's very clunky, though. Yeah, no, but they are like very intentionally laying that on as thick as possible. Yeah. I feel like it's lampshaded just enough that mm. you can keep it. So, I mean, it is a very wacky thing and, like, they're not making any greater point about capital punishment. It's just, like, this is a dumb publicity stunt, so I guess. But, yeah, mm. as clunky as it was, especially, yeah, with old man security guard tying up the phone line. Yep. Now, Martha, we're too old to be having children. Why don't you just start a new twine ball? Well, Smithers, there's a rocket in my pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, tiny rockets in the nuclear power oh, plant yeah. playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, <laughs> bookends. All, the, all these weird connections that fucking happen just from the you know, almost just, random selection. Just more tiny rockets everywhere. Yes. Tiny, tiny In pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's such a small detail, but I like how when the family arrive at the museum, yeah, Marge and Lisa are very excited and walking open-eyed and Homer and Bart both have their hands in their pockets. Eyes are mm-hmm. already half glazed over. Because, yeah, exciting things don't end in EM. They end in mania or terrier. 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 Like Kaffir. Not like a fox terrier. No. Oh. I mean, fox terriers are kind of, actually, they're not that exciting. I mean, yeah, I just leaped immediately to bacteria. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exciting. What? <laughs> well, I'm sure the knowledge here was full of a lot of facteria. Facteria. Okay, now, now you can leave. Yep. I'm cancelled. Not for a bit. Be- cancelled. <laughs> I'm the first person to be cancelled for not saying something controversial, just ultra stupid. <laughs> oh, no, you're very much cancelled. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Yay! Hey, I can finally die! Um, but how about the heart of this episode? How about the heart between Ralph and Bart? I definitely feel it, man, Ralph. Yeah, huge bumps. We're all a little Ralph. <laughs> Aren't we just? 
Well, I think, yeah, this episode does that well. It's much the same that I Love Lisa did. Like, I think this episode's not as good as I Love Lisa. No, no, but not at all. In the way that it is it exploring, yeah, the childhood friendship thing and Bart kind of taking a shine to Ralph. A little bit. You know, even though he's, like, using him for the key, like, he ends up feeling bad for the kid. Well, even has mm. the line of, oh, I can't abandon a friend, even if it is Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the yeah, the bully's turning on him and doing that whole thing. Is hope the irony isn't lost on you, Simpson. Although I do love the feed-in to the, going to the prison. It's like, oh, come on, Ralph. All the murderers are long dead, and I'm sure their ghosts are burning in hell. Yes. And, oh, man, Nancy Cartwright on the Ralph performance here is just mm-hmm. soul-crushing. It's just, oh, huh? Yeah. Like, that cry is brutal. Yeah. It's so much more real yeah. than what we usually get from a lot of these characters. Like, just hits you like massive punch of the gunt. Mm. Punch in the gunt. Punch in the gunt. Yep. Massive punch in the gunt. Oh, right in the gunt. <laughs> I just ruined what the a- sincerity of my own statement. <laughs> uh, I'm glad other people are destroying this wholesome episode review. <laughs> the episode itself was wholesome. The review is not. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the word gunt. Uh. Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! So anyway, back Takes to Ralph. Take the social pressure off me. I can do whatever I want now. <laughs> yeah, but back to Ralph crying. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially when he's all like, you know, go home, Ralph. He's like, not without daddy's kid. It's like, ah. Oh, ow, and then he falls in ow. the mud and looking extra pathetic. And yeah. oh, no. <laughs> but then they, yeah, bring it together. And then Ralph, like, he needs his daddy's key and just mm-hmm. works through his fear. And then Bart's like ultra impressed with him. Yeah. And then that has that moment of, oh, wait up. Yeah. yeah. And then the pointy kitty takes the key. Yeah, see, I think that's what these episodes, like, and especially if they've ever tried to do more Ralph-focused episodes in the future, have struggled with, is just that, you know, it's hard to make him dumb, but still in an affectionate way that's not yeah. too stupid. He's definitely a lot dumber in this one than he was in I Love Lisa, so. Oh, for real. He could not play George Washington. But the Ralphisms <laughs> like, land still pretty well here, uh, like Pointy yeah. Kitty and... My popsicle fell in your toy chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like your toys. They're not sticky like mine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know kids like that. <laughs> well, basically any kid, like anytime you give a kid an ice cream, like on a stick. They responsibly keep it away from all their things. <laughs> like a well-programmed child. Beep. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, even just Ralph arriving with yeah, popsicle dripping in one hand. I got a finger trap. Struggling only makes it tighter. And yeah, it's so many of these Ralph moments, which yeah, are often a point of complaint. I think they yeah, all land in this episode pretty well. Mm. And even the immortal line, that's a leprechaun. He tells me to burn things. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah. And then we got to see the incarnation of the leprechaun mm. at the end. Mm. Ralph, 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 Ralph. <laughs> Come on, Lisa. Just it's Ralph. <laughs> and I, I like that she rolls with it so yeah. fluidly as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it was his idea to ask Lisa. Yep. Mm. And what's she holding outside? Like, is that a sextant or something? I believe it is. Yeah. <laughs> How do we make her look really smart in one frame? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be holding a something. Or is it sexton? Sextant. Sextant. It's it's very cl- I think it's still written taunt. Yeah, sextant. Yep, you are right, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? The characters behaving like themselves. I mean, mildly different version of Ralph to plot his uh, his intelligence levels over the years. Mm. But uh, yeah, still The Simpsons, absolutely. Yeah, Bart's on point. Bullies mm-hmm. are on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who isn't? They're, yeah. they're all great. 
I love this episode. <laughs> hey, who wants to go pick some huckleberries? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, huckleberries. The huckleberry fucking <laughs> run with Nelson. It's so weird. It's in like five episodes. <laughs> now, if the berries are too tart, I just dust them with a confectioner sugar. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> fucking huckleberries. Mm-hmm. There's actually one moment that I really like from the bullies where Nelson goes to Bart was just like, I don't get you, Simpson. Sometimes you're kind of righteous, but then you hang out with lame wads. And I think that actually explains like the kind of on and off relationship that Bart has with the bullies, that yeah. sometimes he's just inexplicably hanging out with them, like especially Nelson. Mm. But then other times it's him, him hanging out with lame wads like Milhouse and getting bullied. So I think that sort of actually gives a bit of serious justification to why the bullies are sometimes picking on Bart and sometimes not. Mm. Yeah. Well, didn't you say that they have this thing of when school's in, Nelson's their bully, but when it's out, he's their friend. Yeah, yeah. He's their summer friend. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll go on road trips with them in the spring break or he'll go to space camp with Martin in the (laughs) summer. (laughs) But as soon as school's in session, then... Mm. Sound of hand punching other hand. Which is fair. It's, it's what he gets paid for by Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> and yes or no, would you watch this one again? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. What other playlist would we put this one in? Science centers specifically. There's also that oh, yeah. one where Maggie's intelligent and nearly digested in the human body. Yeah, that episode's a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I want to do a cross-series playlist of every show that's thought Morningwood was the original name that they could name something. Mm. Like, There's so many shows yeah. have done that joke. Morningwood does pop up. <sighs> Cunt. <laughs> I'm already cancelled. I can't. I'm already in the pit. <laughs> May as well enjoy my time here. Well, before we condemn you to the pit, we must ask you, what would you change about this episode? I do kind of want to know if we could get a third act. I don't think it's bad by any means, but I, I, I'm i okay with the very heavy laying on, you know, I'm going to assume this electric chair is still off. No one check. Mm. But that said, I'm kind of curious where else we could go. Yeah. So I don't have any ideas, but just curious. Let's, let's ballpark some, you know, throw some around. How about you, Tom? What would you like to change? Yeah, I'm, I'm much along the same sort of lines. Like, I, I liked Wiggum in this episode, and I loved his involvement, but, like, I'd, I would like a little bit more of him. Like, maybe, like, a just like a half scene or something of him with Bart and... Mm. Yeah. Something like that. Well, yeah, and I sort of mentioned it before that, yeah, he's in the ending, but it would be more satisfying if he was involved with wrapping it up. And I think there is something disappointing about that there were no repercussions for Bart and Ralph essentially destroying a toy store. Like, I don't know. I just think the episode could kind of wrap up around that. And I don't know if it's too easy or tacky or silly to have like mm-hmm. the, oh, you two can't hang out anymore uh, thing. And then yeah. that having something to do with uh, the third act. But yeah, I think this thing with the electric chair is, was really unsatisfying for me. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Yeah, we're here. Tom, do you have any other notes about this episode before we rank this thing? I think that all of the drool-related lines are fantastic, yeah. and I want to hear more <laughs> of those. And it sounds like she's actually just taking a bottle of water and dribbling it down her chest while doing that, which... <laughs> I just like the picture of. I like the mental mm-hmm. picture sometimes. I like to imagine the actors in the little booth making the, the mouth noises. And, yeah, you yeah. know, I like it. How did it. you get this effect? Yeah. yeah I do like good. the line of a police master. Get, get, get me a towel. <laughs> that, honestly, that, that's it. I, I really, really like this episode. It's, it's one of my favorites, and it's one I remember watching as a kid on yeah. Channel 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn me on, 10. I'm depressed that I can remember that. BT! Any other notes? Uh, so, whose calculator can tell me what 7 plus 5 is? Uh, low battery? 
Good yeah. enough. Yeah, very good. Very like kids these days, but I liked it. Yeah, but not too much. Yeah. Mm. That said, we see a lot of very old video cameras and uh, answering machines. Yeah. What are they? <laughs> I mean... And Jerry Maguire references. It actually got me thinking, when's the last time I changed the voicemail on my actual phone? Like... That oh, yeah. might still be like, oh, you've reached Elliot Chair and you're producer of Dave Floss One. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that's a long throwback. I'm pretty sure mine was still from high school. It's just meh, leave a message. <laughs> it just really ticks me off that you can't set custom ones. Like, mm. you can't just upload a file. You have to record it yeah. on that specific yeah. line. Yeah, with, right. With all the pressures involved of a one-time performance. Exactly. <laughs> it's weird when the, the robots are like, you ever wondered what it's like to touch a star and it goes to Millhouse touching star yeah. and his arm just melts. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Why, yeah, it's good. It's just, but why would you imagine that? Yeah, I don't think the Three Stooges one with Nelson worked quite as well. Mm. There were, like, a couple of sketches that kind of felt flat for me. Like, the whole Franken computer thing, like, I really could have done without that. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't even sure what was supposed to be going on, but, yeah, maybe I'm an idiot. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I'm an idiot. Uh, Then Wiggle Puppy. Uh, He's had such adventures. I love that. And when we go to Ralph's room as well, there's drawings of Wiggle Puppy all over the place. Mm. Continuity. Ah, not hang out, play date. I do love Marge's like naive positivity on this whole thing, especially when Bart's complaining and she just starts vacuuming and then gets the dust bus and starts vacuuming the curtains at the same time. Yep. <laughs> and after just stroking his ego and him just totally playing it, well, I mean, it'll help Maybe him a, a little. little. <laughs> uh, I'd be like, that's my sandbox. I'm not allowed in the deep end. <laughs> and my last is just a note on when they open up the door and actually kind of. I like, and then I feel like they ruin the kind of reveal of the electric chair because it's, you know, a totally black shot. The door opens. You just get the top of it. You kind of, it's all in blue, has then kind of dwarfed by it. But then they do a full reveal of it. It's all dun dun dun. It's like, yeah. I liked when it was just kind of creepy and it was this weird relic of, of death, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's something that this episode did well was they set up and, like, paid off things later like they did with the electric chair and, and the rocket as well. Uh, uh, don't touch that. Mm-hmm. You know, they... They brought back things that they referenced. It's just, yeah, I kind of wish the electric chair was just a different thing. Mm. <laughs> just different. It annoyed me that when Burns shut off the power in the thing, which is actually a story direction that I thought was really impressive. Mm. But then, yeah, the lights flicker, but then they turn back on and he was meant to cut out the power in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Hello, Earth children. Where are you from? <laughs> Earth. <laughs> also... Skinner okay? <laughs> we don't see him again in this episode, do we? No, I guess not. They just got another Skinner. Yeah, he's dead. As we've learned, anyone can be Seymour Skinner. Joked mm. out by robots. <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah, I am amused by the phone answering machine section, but mm-hmm. again, I think it's something you could have very easily cut from this episode. Yeah. I just I will pay it entirely just for Homer continuing to go in the background. And I don't know what the reference is, but I do like Marge going, here come the beat, here come mm-hmm. the beat. Uh, what the bully's idea is to do with the master key is to go key cars. That is fucking <laughs> genius level stupidity. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, and they were playing Hacky Toad as well. Yeah. And oh, the dumb security card. His wife's name was Martha. Why did he say that name? Why did he say that name? <laughs> <laughs> I reminded everybody in the world that BVS existed. Uh, 
and how easy it is to defeat Batman. <laughs> Just say Martha. Yeah. I want to see like the you know whatever the next version of the Joker is and be like, "Oh no, Martha." <laughs> it's his safe word. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he was about to murder a god. <laughs> He's like, "Oh wait, no, I can't, Martha." <laughs> oh, oh, I want to, but nah. nah. Okay, let's team up and fight Lava Monster. How did that fucking movie end? Um, Superman explodes trying to stab the uh, cave troll from Lord of the Rings because mm. they literally look the same. Yep, with a kryptonite spear that he could have thrown or given to Wonder Woman because <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's what spears yeah. do. Yeah, mm. <laughs> fuck that movie. God damn, that's okay though. Zack Snyder's gonna fix Justice League. And <laughs> speaking of smelling like hot dogs, that's my final note. I loved the reprise of the hot dogs joke. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. It's time to rank this thing. Tom, your turn to go first. I really like it. It's It's got to be a gold. All right. Got to be a gold. Yeah. Really yeah. like it. it. It just it does have a place in the canon for me, at least. So mm-hmm. I, I know there are there is a couple of things that could be tied, could be whatever. But yeah, it's such a boyhood friendship episode yeah. for me that really resonates. And yeah, I love it. It's all nice. right. BT? I'm on a Gilver border, and it's really tough because it is a very charming episode, and I think that charming is really covering over some of the kind of problems with it that I would have really picked at in another episode. Yeah, I mean, it's, and again, it's one I don't particularly have a fix for, but at the same time, I would kind of point to that, you know, whole third act that kind of doesn't work, but works well enough. I'm going to follow my heart guts, which say silver. Look, it's a good, it's a very solid episode. It's I'm very tempted to go to gold, but then I think about gold, and gold is usually... It's just a smidge better than this one. Yeah, I was just riding that Gilver border and hating yeah. myself for setting the rule that we can't split ranks <laughs> individually. But I'm fucking glad someone went gold because yeah. this is shinier than a lot of silvers and I'm glad it will end up being a shiny silver uh, because I am too giving it a silver. Yeah, look, there's just some... Unsatisfying is sort of the word that's playing into a lot of the story problems to me. And mm. yeah, you can easily remove some sketches, yeah. I think. But yeah, there is so much goddamn heart in this episode. And I really love Ralph. But yeah, I, I just couldn't quite get yeah. up to a gold. I'm I mean, I think put it this way what you remember this episode is some of those lines you don't remember the story. Yeah. You remember, well, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, hey, smells baby, like hot dogs. And, and hey, baby, remember me? You are out of sperm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go toss the salad. <laughs> yeah, I could have done without tossing the virtual salad line. <laughs> anyway, that will be a shiny silver. It'll be the third episode from season nine to be a shiny silver. It'll be joining Lisa the Simpson. That's where Lisa discovers she's a Simpson. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's uh, succumbing to the Simpsons gene, and Homer brings in all the relatives and turns out the gene doesn't affect women. Oh, she is yeah. a Simpson. And Bart Carney, where we mentioned that before. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that about does it for the Simpsons Index this week. Let's do some plugs. Tom, would you like to plug things? Yeah, I'd like to plug something. I recently actually had some time to play some video games. <gasps> yeah. So I was playing the hell out of Void Bastards. It's really, <laughs> really, really fun. I'm sold space, on the name. Mm-hmm. Space sort of shoot 'em up. Very, very, very strange. You're journeying through a nebula, collecting items, going on different ships that are all randomly generated. Mm-hmm. It's made by an Australian developer called Farbs, who also did the Captain Forever series, which was like uh, a um, yeah, I did browser game. I, I played the first one. I know there's a series. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, there's there's a couple of other ones after mm-hmm. it if you paid for them. But um, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was um, developed as part of Humble Bundle, mm-hmm. so that's why I had it just lying around, mm. and it's really, really fun. 
I spent like an enormous amount of hours and I think I was pretty crap at it, but I finished <laughs> it and it's good. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, when I said plugs, I meant, yeah, like things we're working on. But yeah, we've got a bit of time and we haven't done what have you been into lately? Yeah. I have been playing the fuck out of Mario 3D All-Stars, but not Mario Sunshine, because why would you? Yeah, it's been great revisiting Mario Galaxy. It is one of my favorite games of all time. And Mario 64, it is obviously one of the best (laughs) games of all time. I've been playing a little bit of Super Mario 35 as well. I don't know if it's a good game or if I'm just addicted to it. Um, it's basically, yeah, you're playing Super Mario against 35 people, uh, against 34 people at one time. And like when you defeat an enemy, it goes to someone else's game. So you're essentially playing Super Mario 1 with just lots of enemies. And yeah, it's free if you've got Nintendo Switch online. But yeah, it's also frustrating and apparent. And there's lots of rampant cheating at the moment. So mm, rampant. So yeah. How about you, BT? What are you into lately? Um, I've actually been gaming a little bit myself. Danny and you and Jordan and everyone else recommended Hades to me, and I've been playing a whole bunch of that because it's like a mashup of Binding of Isaac with a little bit of Hollow Knight, and I played the fuck out of that, and you may have heard me talk about Hollow Knight on this podcast previously. <laughs> I know a couple of the people in that. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Oh, in it? it? Yeah, in Hades. Yeah, because I was going to say the voice acting is amazing. It's it's really just played perfectly, and it's always interesting and engaging. Yeah. So, yeah, going to recommend that. Uh, I've also been reading neuromancer which is kind of like your proto cyberpunk thing a lot of the ideas of cyberpunk that we have now came from this book so i have a few not necessarily issues it is possibly the best book that i don't understand what's going on in Mm. uh because they don't really stop and explain what things are they just say there's this and then just keep moving they don't you know grind what because it's one of those things where it's kind of a book written for the universe that it exists in as in they're not going to grind to a halt and explain what something is they're just going to keep moving so yeah. it's a little mm. confusing in that sense but yeah i'm really enjoying it oh cool oh man that's nice i haven't done um what have you been into lately for yeah. a while i haven't had a lot of things to be into lately yeah <laughs> if it hadn't been for those two things it'd be like yeah 2020 is not a great year for that segment because <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've actually been revisiting a lot of old things this year um but, I mean, one new show I've been into is Close Enough. I fucking love... I think I've watched that through three times now. Yeah. I really like that show. It's by, yeah, J.G. Quintel, who did the regular show. And, yeah, it's his uh, Netflix show, which is... It has the runtime of a children's show, but, yeah, it's M-rated and it's fucking awesome. Yes! I just realised, because we... Katie and I, my girlfriend, we we turned it on by accident. And we're fairly sure it just convinced us to become parents. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not right now, but yeah. eventually. No. <laughs> Well, that's what I like about it, because I think the ad actually does it a disservice, where it sells it as, like, this family cartoon show, but it's actually less about, like, these are people with a kid, and more, this is a house full of idiots, one of them happens to be a five-year-old. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I'm probably going to get a Nish Quantazi tattoo because of it. Uh, but anyway, uh, plugs. Have you got the things out in the world, Tom, that you want people to go check out? Yeah, I want people to go and listen to Pop Fury Radio. Uh-huh. Um, that's... Ooh. What's that? <laughs> Honestly, that's that's kind of my main thing at the moment. Everything else I'm doing is uh, under a pseudonym because it's smart. But, <laughs> um, well, yeah, absolutely been yeah loving the performances and yeah mm-hmm. people have been reacting so well to all Pulp Fury and all your characters, most of them named Alex. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Blame the writer, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I, I understood why. Are you in all of them? I'm just trying to think now. I was going to plug the ones you were... Yeah, you're in all of them. Well done. Yeah, oh, that's right. Gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Alex in Ocean, 
Patrick and Irma. Yeah. Like, yeah, one of the MVPs of Irma, I reckon, mm-hmm. as well. Wizards as Glenn and Alex again in Terror. And yep. could it be the same? Al- no, no, it couldn't be the same Alex. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> same Alex, multiple timelines. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, this afternoon we recorded some pickups for Jazz Noir coming... Question mark? Soonish. He was only named bartender. I guess we can just call him Alex. <laughs> we can assume. Oh, please. And then I, at some point, just <laughs> off, off screen. <laughs> I might censor that one, but. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. <laughs> but no, uh, thank you so much for giving us your talents. And mm-hmm. it's been actually amazing because a lot of the recordings we did, are, you know, three or four years ago. And yeah, seeing how much you've grown as a voice actor, man. Like, seriously, well done. <laughs> thank you. Uh, BT, what else have we got to plug? We also have Thrones of game the game of thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards so i've already seen the entire show elliot's never seen a single episode until we started watching in reverse order gives a very unique perspective no one else is making game of thrones content we understand the show better than the people who wrote it now because we have dissected it backwards <laughs> yeah so like i'm pretty sure Ger martin is going to call us up and be like hey how did i do all this and like, well we can help you out <laughs> somehow don't know i don't know whatever shut up yeah, and we just finished our fifth season, which meant we just reviewed the fourth season, and mm-hmm. we will be starting our season six, Game of Thrones season three, very soon. It's not confusing at all. Not at all. <laughs> Watching things backwards. Very logical. <laughs> and, yeah, just finally on the Simpsons Index, this is the end of our fifth season. Oh, oh well, we wrapped Game of Thrones and Simpsons Index fifth seasons at the same time. Big fucking week. Hmm, interesting. Yep, I've just filled up my Hufflepuff journal, which... Man, I've got like I had a passing indifference to Harry Potter at best, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I I know I belong in Hufflepuff because of course I do, and I've always liked that. So I've got like a bit of Hufflepuff merch around the place, mm-hmm. and I've seen Puffs the stage show, which was wonderful. But yeah, then I'm like I don't give a shit about Harry Potter, and then of course J.K. Rowling just had to fucking be herself apparently mm-hmm. and i'm kind of glad to be rid of this journal because it does bum me out like knowing it's harry potter merch but i'm very excited because yeah my last the season six journal is uh my avengers infinity war purple journal mm-hmm. that has the infinity gauntlet and a little button so you can light up the gems Ooh, on the front of the diary yeah. and if you too are disappointed in jk rowling you can listen to this to episode working class wizards on pulp fury radio which pulled a lot of uh, parody kind of influence from Harry Potter and Elliot you would then be in House Brumblebug what? Brumblebug is the name of the the house that was the ripoff of Hufflepuff oh right right <laughs> I think I like Brumblebug more than I like Hufflepuff yeah mm. oh all the names of the houses are so first drafty <laughs> Griffin Door <Sure>. Slytherin <laughs> like real like look out the window and what uh, Ravenclaw <laughs> yeah great stuff JK fucking visionary <laughs> yeah all right cool well yeah that's all the plugs that's all we've been into and that's all the simpsons uh once again tom thank you very much cheers guys <laughs> and bt thank you as always no hoy and i've been your host elliot j o'neill that's all mustard in the house gunt cancelled <laughs> gunch Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes! Came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum and there's no reason I can't do both at the same time. (laughs) Mm. Trying to like pat your head while you rub your tummy. It's just like... It's not even remotely hard. I've never understood that. (laughs) With practice, it's like...
I feel like the chewing and kicking is harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can do plenty of things while chewing gum. Come on, that's what it's for. <laughs> never, I've never seen anyone stop just dead there. And like, what are you doing? Oh, chewing gum. I'm sorry, you've distracted me. I can't do it at the same time. See, I, I just can't chew gum. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it yeah. gives me horrible jaw pain. Oh. Yeah, interesting. I should put a warning on the label or something. <laughs> mm. <laughs> gum, as bad as cigarettes. Just underneath that, don't, Tom. Yeah. Don't. You, you won't like it. You'll, you'll be unhappy. That should be on a lot of packets. <laughs> Mostly Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> just instead of the notification, why not order more things? Just, you're really sure? <laughs> yeah, just, just uninstall it, okay? Just, yeah. It just, yeah, the warning label, it just says, dude. Oh, did you guys, uh, I think I sent it to you, that UFC knockout over the yes. weekend. <laughs> Holy. Uh, sorry to pause the recording. This is amazing. Just pivot the monitor. <clears throat> really got like a swivel table for that thing because you turn it reasonally frequently. Which one? The monitor. Just get yeah. Put Lazy Susan. Lazy Susan under it, yeah. They really should call that Practical Susan. That thing just makes sense. And especially given my mum's name, I hate <laughs> calling it that. <laughs> she goes by Sue. My dad calls her Suey. Drives, boom. <laughs> so look at that. Uh, yeah, I'm really surprised there's been a slow. Goes for a kick, holds it, and then he just spins and knocks him in the head. I also love how he kind of runs away after kicking him. How yeah. How is he still? Well, he showed him his back, so like that's a ah, good yeah, true, instinct. True. But then he like looks back. Oh shit! I'm celebrating now. <laughs> Sorry, I've watched this a hundred times, but I it's could still... watch it so many more. Boff. Wow. Yeah, my only problem with it is his celebration is all like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I'm awesome. Instead of, holy shit, that worked. <laughs> Who would have, oh my, just, I just, oh, cool. Cool. Did I, I won, didn't I? Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I just did that like midair. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, in the post interviews, he was like, yeah, I knew what I was doing. I was cold. I was calculated. I just, uh, I saw him grab the thing and I went for it. You know, that's my style. I just, yeah, rather it be more like, did you see? Did I? Out of body experience, dude. Dude, Fucking dude, hell. dude. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Didn't even know. Just all of a sudden, I'm spinning and I'm like, cool. Yeah, I've gotten some trick shots getting, you know, rubbish into the bin, but shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's getting on the highlight. Anyway, sorry, that was a big diversion. All right.